Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And you're late and I'm Sergio. Uh, well, we're both late because this episode's again coming out on, well, hopefully Sunday, maybe Monday. We'll see when I edit this. Surprise! Um, yeah, sorry about that. We will be back to our regular schedule next week, so you're going to get another episode in like four days. You're welcome. You're welcome, people. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to be talking about the sixth and not quite final Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but first, let's talk about a movie, like the most current contemporary movie we've watched in the past week, which is Captain Marvel. What's your 10-word review? This American girl's memory does not last all night. Okay. Um, I tried to make a pun. Yeah, on Tom Petty. I, yeah, I, it was present. She was an American girl. Yeah, I guess spoilers. <laughs> Brie Larson is American. Literally, like, the, like it's like the flag is on her, her, her <laughs> costume. You're right. Anyway, my review of Captain Marvel is so much better than the trailers led me to believe. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was just like slept under the rug. We I don't, don't know. Talk like about Captain Marvel. It was like, I have almost no feelings towards it other than like, Oh, I liked it. It was okay. It's pretty much the, I think the consensus. They hecked up Jude Law's hair though, is the one thing I will say. Apparently he belongs to a race of aliens with glowing eyes and hideous hair. <laughs> the Cree. Yeah. He, he, Look, I know this film was set in the 90s, but his hair is straight out of 2003. It's like weird spikes in random directions. Yeah, it's frosted tips. Looking great. Anyway, um, we're here to talk about Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare from 1991. It's the sixth movie in the Elm Street franchise. The first movie in this franchise, and only in most franchises, to be directed by a woman. So What? Uh, Girl power. Yeah. And- keeping in line with our f- f- female-dominated weekend. Oh, yeah, Captain Marvel, which was half-directed by a woman uh-huh. and all starred by a woman. Uh-huh. Um, and and it, Benning, known woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's on the loose. Um, <laughs> anyway. You're welcome. This is just mic drop moment right now. I got my laugh in. I'm good to go. Man, please don't drop the mic. It's expensive. Boom. Um, anyway, here's the plot of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Okay, literally two words in, it's already a mess. Murderous ghoul Freddy Krueger, Robert Englund, has slaughtered every last child in his hometown. He ventures onto a new location, scouting fresh young victims to hack up with his finger blades. He arrives in a small town in which his long-lost daughter, Maggie, Lisa Zane, works as a therapist for troubled youths. He attempts to recruit her for his dastardly pursuits, but she has other ideas. Father and daughter meet for a bloody showdown that will determine Freddy's fate once and for all. Okay, so first, a moment of silence, and we're going to honor Billy Zane. Hmm. Those eyebrows. Yes. Okay, now we're back. His older sister, Lisa Zane, does not possess those eyebrows or the acting prowess yeah, or his charisma yeah um but like once i found out that she was related to him i did like it piqued my interest in the movie just a little <laughs> bit more okay well that's good i was like i'm supporting a zane in the process yeah. it's not zane from one direction it's not billy zane but a zane you know i'm here for it it's not zane the erotica author no it's not i i wish it was but no we're just stuck with erica <laughs> I would, zane i would watch i would hella watch a movie starring zane the author who are you talking to like i know what you mean Yes, Brennan. Good. I love Zane okay, the author. <laughs> this joke is going on longer than I no, intended sorry. it to. Um, yes. So um, this plot synopsis goes ahead and spoils the living hell out of the movie, which it 
it basically does it to itself because it very heavy handedly foreshadows that Lisa Zane is Freddy Krueger's actual child. Um, even though the character John Doe, who is the last surviving child of Springfield, assumes that he's Freddy Krueger's child, even though the timelines don't match up. It's basically just, you know, teenage egocentrism. He's like, it must be me because I'm important. Yeah. He also has no like recollection of his memories. So that's another thing. Yeah. He doesn't remember who his daddy is. Nope. Um, but we review this movie as with all films out of five on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. So let's start with scariness. What's your, what's your score for that? That old chestnut. Two and a half. Really? Okay, where is this coming from? So this is coming from the fact that I've seen this movie before and that I have fond memories of it uh, when I saw it, like when I was probably 12. Oh, that's uh, so nice. I know. Is that scary? Were you scared when you were 12? I was probably like more interested in anything. I thought that it did a good job of incorporating the technology of the era to the point where like a 12-year-old me who had seen the movie like a decade or so after it had been released was like, okay, uh-huh. like this movie's okay. Like it's... It's got like a decent casting. It's I don't know what really I'm like rewarding it. What my twelve year old self rewarded this movie for, but I watched it all the way through okay. more than once. That is um, a scary thing. So although it'd be scarier if it was the dream child because that movie so, is abhorrent. I did register it as a scary film, which is why I'm giving it two and a half. Okay, an adult me gives it like a one and a half. Okay, see, adult me is giving it a, just a flat one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this movie is Looney Tunes. There's a lot of like fun crazy stuff there's a lot of bad stuff too but i'll defend the fun crazy stuff but i'm not scared by any of it the scariest thing in this movie is the sheer amount of cast members who have been canceled there is a cameo from jonathan depp Mm -hmm. there is a cameo from roseanne barr Uh um we're just like oh yeah these people are awful Uh (laughs) whoops oh well moving Mm on i Luckily, Breckenmeyer seems to have survived the coal so far. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fingers crossed on that one. Uh-huh. He has a much bigger part in this movie than everybody else. Yeah. Um, although there was one good scene where there's a uh, a water pipe above our John Doe's head and it's dripping water on him. And then the water turns to blood. That was okay. I enjoyed that. Um, My favorite scene was when it was the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's, it certainly was a scene in this movie. Yeah. His house is falling and Freddy shows up riding a broom outside dressed as the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh-huh. I do remember, not during this part, it was during the part where Freddy Krueger was killing Breckenmeyer in a video game. Uh-huh. And you were just like, the things we made Robert Englund do. Yeah. <laughs> that poor man. He's really been through it, you know. He has his little house in Laguna Beach and he really deserved it. Yeah, he, he earned that mortgage. <laughs> Anyway, um, what's your campiness score? My camp... Oh, this is a five. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I don't even have to think twice about it. This movie is crazy. You know what? I, I do absolutely have to agree with you. Like, for some reason, I always try to, like... I feel like I'm saving my campiness score until marriage or something. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, I can't give out a five. I must uh-huh. remain pure until yeah. I meet the one. Uh-huh. But no, this is a five. This is a five. Like, this movie was crazy. You had the Wizard of Oz opening. You had... Um, what else happened? You had the weird girl realize that he was his daughter. Spoilers. Um, yeah, again, spoilers that the movie spoils in the first 20 minutes by being so dumb about hiding that twist from you. Yeah. Um, she has dreams about being a little girl who is talking to Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> Big surprise there. Um, what was her medical like degree? Because she see- she was not quick on the uptake. I think she was the therapist. Oh. I don't know. Mm, uh 
Um, she had, it was not in acting. Um, there was a video game sequence, which was funny. Yeah, where Breck and Meyer gets to hop around like uh, Mario. Uh huh. You had literally Freddy playing a video game, which is really funny. Just and uh, yeah, which it's ridiculous. It's yeah. not frightening. Uh-huh. And he also makes a reference to the Nintendo Power Glove, which no movie beyond that exact release date has uh-huh. ever thought to do. Uh, is Freddy like the first like um, YouTube gamer sort of thing? Um, like people were just watching him playing video games and listening for his commentary because I really did love his commentary as he was playing it. You know what? Maybe he was because I I feel there were definitely movies about games before this, uh-huh. but I don't know if they were in quite the same like we're gonna kind of meta narratively comment on this game that I'm playing because always like great graphics, uh-huh. which we must mention the Freddy puns um, aren't even puns in this one. It's just him just kind of making stray observations and just chilling yeah he's basically this is a hangout movie for freddy he's not Uh super invested in killing these teens he's just having himself a good ass time yeah yeah he plays video games he gets to like dance around and rub his nails on chalkboards Uh um i don't know he gets to relive his memories of being hit with a belt by alice cooper his daddy Mm -hmm. um and he was he was into it he's like yes sir can i have some more Uh what other campiness was there for this to be out of five i feel like i'm running blank let me tell you my friend First of all, there's the literal opening frames of the movie, which open with a quote by Nietzsche, and then... Oh, yes. Yes, that. How could I forget that? That pissed me off so much. You have two quotes opening this movie. One is by Nietzsche, which there is nothing in the past six movies that I was like, you know what's missing from the Freddyverse? Nietzsche. Well, to to be fair, each of these movies has begun with a literary quote about sleep or dreams. Has it been opening by like? Did it mention who op- like said those quotes? Yeah. Um, okay. I, f- I think part three was sleep. Those little slices of death. How I loathe them by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, oh! I just feel like when you're in the sixth movie of anything, like <laughs> Nietzsche is not doing it for you. Yeah, and we we don't need an epigraph. Uh-huh. Maybe like I don't know a James Bond movie. Maybe. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of movies that are like long and have multiple volumes that I could like stand a quote. Um, from Nietzsche, though? I don't know. I feel like we're going to get that in the next Angels and Demons movie. That makes sense. Yeah, Dan Brown should totally write a book about like Nietzsche's secret treasure or whatever. Yeah, he told... That's his steez. Um, and then Robert Langdon just cries a bunch because he becomes a nihilist at the end. He's uh-huh. like, God really is dead. <laughs> and then the second quote was just Freddy Krueger. So yeah, that it's, was... It's welcome to primetime, bitch. Yeah, it was just so dumb. Which, if you were going to select a quote... Probably one of the good ones to choose. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really better than fuel injection. Yeah. I'm curious just about like who wrote this script and decided like this is what needed to open the movie to get the viewer prepped, <laughs> primed, and ready. Um, well, I can load that up. I think his name is Michael DeLuca um, because I read the credits of movies uh-huh. that I watch. Um, from a story by Rachel Talalay, the director. Um, yeah, Michael DeLuca. This is the part of the show where I look up things on IMDb. He worked on Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That's a great movie. I'm just, I'm lost now. He worked on Fright Night 2011. A bunch of stuff. Probably not as a writer. Oh, he produces a lot of stuff. Okay. Anyway, so he's not skilled as a writer. We have just learned he's skilled (laughs) as a producer. We've established that. Anyway, um, my campiness stuff, other than that, um, Yafet Kodo from Alien is in this movie. As Who this, he, play? he plays the uh, like the doctor who's really into dream therapy, and is this is a full on armchair role. He's sitting down for eighty percent of this entire his screen time, mm-hmm. and he he stands up in exactly two scenes. 
Um, but one of them, he transitions from leaning against a wall to leaning against a boxing bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's still not like fully ambulatory. Uh. Um, and then in one, he gets to kick the shit out of Freddy Krueger, which I feel like must have been in his writer. <laughs> yes. Um, what else do we got? Oh, I mean, there's the there's the awful like red herring of is John Doe um, Freddy Krueger's kid because they see a drawing of like a child holding hands with Freddy, and it's signed K. Krueger, and he's like. That could stand for anything from Kevin to Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is a slim range of boring white boys who play water polo. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Joe. You're one of the interesting ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a super silly movie. Let me throw out two more things. There's a 3D sequence in this movie, which always ups the campiness score of anything. Uh-huh. And also, let me, let me paint you a word picture of a certain scene that we get. Um, Brecken Meyer is smoking pot in the, in the, like the passenger seat while Tracy, a girl we have not mentioned is driving. Mm-hmm. She's, she's the only teen survivor of this movie. And she's, I don't know. She's also a survivor of, uh, parental abuse and she's very prickly because of this. I really, I really like Tracy. She's probably my second favorite survivor girl after, well, third after Alice and Nancy. Uh-huh. Never mind, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, come on, Brennan. Anyway. So, um, he's smoking pot. She's like, please don't do that in the car. I'm driving. And he's like, it helps me relax. Oh yeah. Keep going. And she's like, you know, I can help you relax with these two fingers. And Sergeant and I are like, what's up? What's about to happen in this movie? <laughs> and then she's, yeah. she's just like, I can puncture your heart with these, which not the thing I was imagining that she would puncture in the upcoming scene. Yeah, it seemed very like um, not that I would know of any of this, uh, but it seemed like oh, you've she never, was yeah, um, suggesting that she was going to stimulate his prostate. Yeah, no, you're not married, so you know nothing of the prostate. I know nothing of it. Never heard of it. What is it? Um, it's in your special sealed book. It's wrapped in plastic, and it says for for wedding. For wedding. Okay. You're going to read it aloud at the wedding. <laughs> Just an open reading of this book. The prostate <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> no, it's just it's like a cartoon. It's just your beautiful prostate, <laughs> and it's just a picture of Tracy holding up two fingers. Yeah, everybody, everybody prostates. That's what it's called. <laughs> like everybody poops. Get it? Yeah, I totally get it. And yeah. Okay, well that bit's over. <laughs> yeah, we really just like soaked up all we could. Ew. We never... I didn't mean anything by that. Okay. So what of effects in this movie? What's your score for that one? For effects, I give it a two. Um, I'm going to give it a three. But... Uh, although I really did love that one scene with Breckenmeyer where he's just watching the TV. Oh, he's stoned, right? He's super stoned, yeah. And all of a sudden, like, uh, In the Garden of Eden starts playing. In a Garden of Eden, but yeah. Oh, yeah. What? it sounds like In the Garden of Eden. Is that it? is actually one of many popular theories about what that song is about. Okay. And let me tell you the answer. It's about nothing. Okay. I've, I don't know if I've ever heard all the way through. Oh, it's um, seven minutes long. And like five of those minutes are drum solo. So I think you're fine. Okay. Um, anyways, that song is playing. And then he's like, he walks up to the television because the colors like, uh, he's so intrigued by them. And then they slowly envelop him in this warm haze. And then he's mm. part of a video game all of a sudden. That is a, that is a cool transition uh-huh. visually. Yeah. Cause I thought that was, this was the point where it was going to become a 3d movie because I remember that about this movie. Mm hmm. But I was wrong. No, because, well, the thing is, they super don't commit to their 3D in this movie. <laughs> they, like, once once Lisa Zane, in the movie, literally puts on 3D glasses to fight Freddy, which is uh-huh. hilarious. Um, they just kind of 
shove some knives into the camera and then they're like all right peace out here's the credits deuces bitches <laughs> yes um anyway no there's some pretty good ish effects i would say um the death of carlos who is our teen deaf character who uses a hearing aid oh i loved carlos is, yeah carlos is great carlos is very cute and he does not deserve the nastiness of the death that is doled out to him no he doesn't it was so sad because i was like um uh, so impressed that this movie had like a person who was, you know, differently abled and a person of color. <laughs> uh huh. And then it was like, oh, it was like how progressive, you know? They're including somebody who um, is deaf. You know, who you really probably wouldn't see in a movie like this. And sure enough, they give him the like a death that's just so worse or so bad for him. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it this movie is not really a horror movie. Uh-huh. It is a like campy looney tunes comedy uh-huh. with horror movie trappings uh-huh. but the thing about choosing to set this film like with the characters who populate a halfway home uh-huh. like it can it's kind of grim uh-huh. like the reason that carlos is deaf is because his father beat him uh-huh. and he lost his hearing as a result of that uh-huh. and then we just get to see him mutilated and destroyed even more and it's it, it's not exciting or oh. fun it's just sad it was really sad in that case although the death is super gross um, which always gets points, but uh, also it, it was, it was, a little, it was too much. Yeah. Um, um, he gets a Q-tip shoved through his entire uh, head. Um, and then he gets the, his hearing aid turns into like a weird spider that uh, makes like that amplifies his hearing so much that noises make his head explode. <laughs> yeah. Tragic. <laughs> Rest in power. Rest in power, Carlos. Okay. Continue, Brennan. Sorry I interrupted you. No, that's okay. Um, I do one of my favorite dream scene. It's hella dumb, but I like it a lot. Um, give me a hit. Um, it actually also involves Carlos, but it's not his death scene. Oh, the one with the map? Yeah. He <laughs> falls asleep in the back of the car, and um, he's trying to open the map to see where they're going, and it just keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding until he, like, the entire back of the truck is full of paper, and uh-huh. he's, like, kind of in a chasm made of paper, uh-huh. and then he opens the map, and it just says, uh, um, content profanity warning it just says you're fucked uh-huh. <laughs> written on the map <laughs> i loved it i don't know i really enjoy that scene i think it's a really easy effect but it, it feels very dreamlike and fun the mm-hmm. way it just keeps unfolding it's yeah. like a, a magician's handkerchief uh-huh. um i really in the, there's that kind of thing kind of pops up from now and again like it, it's it's simple tricks but it's stuff that still holds up because it's not like crappy 1991 cgi or something uh-huh. it's just it's it's fun uh-huh. That one was good. Um, like of a bit, just keeping like continuously going, even though it was the exact same thing. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you where that didn't work and that it annoyed me. Okay, was the bus when um, they were just like circling the the park over and over again. Uh, they were trying to do the uh, the time loop thing from part four, uh-huh. and it didn't really work. It just felt like ch- cheap because they were awake, and so I don't know how that was possible for them to do. Yeah, I think I look. I don't think they thought this script through very much. Uh-huh. But I think the idea might be that Freddy has so taken over this town, he lives in the minds of all the adults, and he's killed all the kids. Mm-hmm. So he kind of has domain over Springwood at this point. That's lame. Yeah, it's lame. It's lazy script writing. But yeah, that's not at all something that's like in the script. But I think that's a way you could read it if you really wanted to, uh-huh. f- like, figure out how it fit in uh-huh. with everything. Okay. Um, anyway, what, like all in all, what's your general quality score looking like right now? Um, quality score. Yeah. 
I would rewatch this movie because I okay. enjoyed it when I was younger. So I'm giving it a three. Okay. Because I feel like that's my general rewatch score ish. Like baseline. Uh huh. As a film, like if I'm being honest, it probably doesn't merit that. Uh huh. It's probably a little bit less. But you know, we come to movies in different ways, and um, our previous experiences bias us towards them one way or another. And uh-huh. in this case, I straight up admit, you know. A young me liked it, and so an older me respects that. Yeah, and look, I know the idea in reviewing a film is like, oh, you have to be as objective as possible, yada, yada, yada. Uh But literally, the art of cinema is that it is subjective, Uh and that you apply your own feelings and experience Uh to what is playing out on the screen. Uh Um, If you want to get really film theory about it, like the director does choose what you're looking at, Uh um, but you don't always get all... Every scrap of information that's in the frame, you don't receive. Uh-huh. You choose what in the frame you watch. Like, you might be watching an extra in the background because you are you don't care about the dialogue. Or you're watching, like, the handsome man who's, like... Or I'm watching myself at 12 years old watching this movie. Yeah. And that's just beautiful. That is beautiful. All right, Brendan, you got me there. No, but I'm saying, like, subjectively, you cannot process every piece of information that's in the frame for you. Uh-huh. Um, and what you choose to focus on, like, you might miss a line here and there. You might miss uh, something happening in the background if you're focusing on something else. It, it's, like, this shifting puzzle piece and is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the way that it plays for you depends on what you bring to the table. Uh-huh. So, like, literally, you can't separate a piece of art from your subjectivity and i think that's totally fine and you can give it a three because that's what i'm also gonna give it um i've always kind of uh just slightly stood behind freddy's dead the final nightmare like i'm not ready to like plant my flag and like go for like full stand mode but i think it's definitely an entertainment improvement on the previous film uh-huh. which i think had better production design probably and better no end of list yeah <laughs> um but this movie is just kind of it's a blast it's really fast paced um which <laughs> maybe not is not a priority necessarily in other movies but like they really they blast through the killings and then we get some weird 3d shit that's kind of fun and alice cooper shows up to hit freddy with a belt uh-huh. and then a bunch of like wiggly demon worms are floating around i don't know it's 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 crazy batshit nonsense and we're here for it yeah no i just i have a good time with this movie um like i said th- there are the problems with it there's the problems especially with carlos and how sad it is um there's a problem in when we're getting all the flashbacks to freddy krueger they're almost but not quite like they're trying to make us sympathize with him or try to understand what's going on with him. And they're like, Oh, he was bullied in elementary school. Look at this. It's so sad. He was bullied. Cause he beat the living crap out of a, like a hamster. Yeah. He, he, he hit, hammered it. Yeah. He hit the class gerbil with a hammer uh-huh. and then we're supposed to be like, Oh, poor Freddie. It's like, no, that's not. Man, Freddie really was trying to make himself out to be like the <laughs> ultimate victim. It's like, yes. Call me victim Kruger. Yes. Um, so that's that's a problem. Um, wow, I can't even read my writing. Hold on. Curbs? Uh, Curbs? Not. Oh, yeah. Just the puns are bad. Um, there's also there's a there's a line like like I said, not puns. There's a line where he's like she get she like kicks him. Tracy kicks him, and uh-huh. he's like kung fu this bitch. Uh-huh. It's like that's barely anything, uh-huh. and probably insensitive. <laughs> Well, in many ways. Yeah. And then when, when Lisa Zane finally gets the drop on Freddy Krueger and slashes him open with his own glove and puts a pipe bomb in his chest, which turns out 
the way to do it, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Holy water and Christian burial didn't work, so let's just shove a pipe bomb in there. Uh-huh. Um, but she literally just says, Happy Father's Day. It's not Father's Day. Was it released on Father's Day weekend? No. Oh. The, like, it, their pun was like, oh, he's her dad, so she's going to say like something about him being her dad that's like irreverent. But uh-huh. it's it's nonsense. Uh. It's so bad. It's not funny. It's not relevant to anything. Like, even in part five when his puns weren't puns, they were at least like kind of freestyling oh, like over the themes of what's happening in the scene. <laughs> Um, it is a Fantasia on the, the-, the theme of motorcycles. Uh. Um, but this is just random bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but one... I, sorry, was there anything else you wanted to say about it? Sorry, no. I kind of steamrolled you there. No, I'm good. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the wheel because you're, you're sniffly and sick. So uh-huh. I got to bring the energy. You do. But, I was going to ask you, what yes. did you think of the uh, the closing montage, though, where it was just, like, the best moments of Freddy? That's actually part of what I was going to say. I wanted to end this conversation with the best part of the movie, which is literally the end. Because <laughs> um, you do get this montage of, like, cool Freddy moments, and it's really fun, and you can just kind of... I mean, we're literally looking back on a marathon we've been running for a, a bit now. Like, a month sin- and a half. What? Multiple months? Yeah. No, we we started Nightmare when we started everything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think. I don't remember. Yeah, it's we been did. It's a minute. Yeah, it's, it has been a minute. Um, yeah, no, we did, because it was Omen and Children of the Corn and Nightmare. Yes. But yeah, so it's kind of a look back on the past couple months of this podcast, and it's like a nice little treat. But my favorite thing is that at the end, they show a still photo of Freddy Krueger, and it just says R.I.P. at the bottom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it that was the thing that... That was irreverent. That actually really hit me. I was like, this is stupid. And I love it because they know it's stupid. They, they leaned into it, man. They gave you everything you needed. They did. You want to know what that uh, weird little R.I.P. Freddy scene reminded me of? What did it remind you of? Of The Purge and how at the... It was one of The Purges. I don't remember which one. The Purge election year. And how at the end of it, of the movie, like they're honoring the owner of the like bodega, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just like this really weird smiling picture of him where it looks... Um, almost racist in the image that they chose. Well, it looks like Aunt Jemima or something. Yeah, it looks... Well, I mean, he's male, but yeah. Um, Uncle Jemima. Uh, but yeah, it just looks like a caricature, and it was just like the same energy, you know? Yeah, same energy. Uh-huh. Now's a dead battery. Uh-huh. Still alive. I don't know what that is. It's Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. Okay. The Hits of 2008. All right. A bop. Okay, continue on with your story, Brennan. Anyway, no, I just love the R.I.P. That's pretty much the end of this okay. whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week, and we're also going to make our guesses about the next and final Friday film, although I don't know if there's a point to that because I think we've both seen it. Yeah, we've seen it together. Yeah, never mind. We're not going to do that. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what we're watching next week, <laughs> but first here's that you can contact the show. You can find us on Twitter at Screen101Pod. You can email us at Screen101Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah, please give us a review. Um, oh, Trace just recently gave us a very nice review. Thank you, Trace. So, yeah, thank you to Trace and also anyone else. Follow Trace's example. Why can't you be, <laughs> why can't you be more like Trace? He's our golden child. He is. Our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're really dumping on Joe in this one because we've denounced his, his lifestyle. And now we've picked Trace as our ultimate champion. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Everyone has favorites, you know. Hey, Joe, if you drop us a five-star review, maybe we'll change our mind. Mm -hmm. Also, check out their podcast, Horror Queers, which I did give a five-star review to, but it still hasn't shown up. So I don't know if Apple decided I wasn't a person or not, or if they didn't like it. I a five-star review. I don't know if mine showed up. Do they not like us? I don't know. I need a truck. Anyways, continue on with your little story, Brennan. Um, That was it. That's how you can get in contact with us. Our theme song is A Beat For You by Pseudo Echo. Um, and next week, we'll check you out for Urban Legends Final Cut, which Ooh. I'm very excited for. And I can't make an absolute promise, but I almost certainly intend to release that episode on Friday when it's supposed to yeah, be Yeah, I'm ready to get back on schedule. I hate being behind. Yeah, me too. It's the worst. I'm behind, but hate being behind. Oh, got him. Okay, yeah. You are very <laughs> tired. It's time to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, until next week. Good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.